After an invigorating race weekend in Italy last week, Formula One is heading to Sochi, where both the Mercedes and Red Bull teams will be hoping to bounce back from the collision between this season's championship protagonists. Welcome to the F1 Grid Talk podcast. Today, we'll be previewing the 2021 Russian Grand Prix. My name is Ruby Price, and joining me, we have sports journalist Louis Edwards. Hello. Sportlight Pro Editor George Housen. Hello. Hello. And Tom Downey from Everything F1 Podcast. Hello. Firstly, we'd like to give a shout out to LC Canada, Benel13, Heard That, Logan0714, and Skasnorco21 for leaving us a five-star review. And if you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you could take five to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Or shout out all of you who do to say thanks. Also, everyone who has already left a review and leaves a review from today will go into a draw to win a shirt, as well as people who comment on the YouTube video. People who click subscribe on YouTube will go in a draw to win a mug. So, you know, get yourself some free merch or a chance to win some free merch at least. So, Louis, the first bit of big news this week is that Aston Martin will be keeping their driver pairing of Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel for the 2022 season. What do you make of this announcement and is it at all surprising? I mean, I was shocked when, you know, Lance Stroll was announced. I was like, wow, you know, that that kid has got, you know, so much talent that I was like, sure he's going to go to a bigger team. But um, (laughs) uh, no, I think for Aston Martin playing it safe, keeping their two drivers, um, I think it was the wisest decision that they could make um, because otherwise, you know, who who else is there really out there that they can can get in? Um, Vettel, I think he's been getting... You know, he's getting back back on his feet somewhat. Uh, Aston Martin, he's got some great results, and of course, Lance just has to ask his dad for a new contract, and he'll he'll send it over. So, uh, yeah, not too not too shocked. Uh, I think it was overall. I think it's the right decision for Aston Martin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, George, the other bit of news which came just after the last podcast was that Max Verstappen has been given a three place grid penalty for this weekend's race. First of all, was this the right action for the incident? And how do you think Red Bull will react this weekend? Well, it's a tough one. You could start me off with the easy questions. Um, so, yeah, I think, well, Red Bull are definitely going to be arguing about it. Christian Horner's going to be complaining about it the whole weekend and the next weekend and the next weekend. And if for whatever reason Verstappen gets any other bad decision, any other decisions or whatever against him, he's going to be saying, oh, they're against us. The FIA are fixing it. All that good stuff. But I mean, I said at the time on the show, because we, we recorded the show just after the race finished, I generally thought maybe Hamilton was more at fault. But looking into it, hearing the stewards reasoning for giving the penalty to Verstappen, I think that's probably fair. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing is that Hamilton was ahead. Verstappen was never ahead. So the lead driver dictates the line and then the driver that's trying to overtake has to go another way around. Um I do think it's a little harsh in a way because I think the biggest cause of the accident were the sausage curbs. If they weren't there, Verstappen wouldn't have flipped onto Hamilton's car and I think they should take them out, to be honest. I'm sure there's a good reason for them being there, but as we've seen with people like, I think it was Alex Peroni in F3 years ago, those things are really dangerous. So I can see why they've given a free good, free good place penalty. I don't think it will really do anything. He's still going to finish on the podium. It's going to make winning very difficult for him, but I don't think it's going to change the result a lot. A lot, So I think they've kind of halfway housed it a bit with that one. Yeah, and Tom, there was a lot of like suggestions that to respond to this, Red Bull could just 
take that engine penalty that they were expected to be taking at some point this season because then they can just compound the two together. And Sochi is historically a Mercedes track anyway. So do you think that's something that they'll do? Or do you think they'll just try and just, you know, take three places and go for the win? Um, I think they probably will take the engine penalty this weekend. Just just get it over and done with. They're going to have to take it at some point. And given that there's that they're starting this coming weekend on the back foot in terms of like grid position, because like we said, Max is going to be three places back no matter where he qualifies. I imagine they'll just get they'll just get him probably in, into the top ten, maybe not even set a time in Q three, save you know, save a set of tires, take the penalties, have him start at the back, get get the Alpha Tarries in front of him. Well, one of them in front of him, Snowdrift will be out in Q1, um, to 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 hold up, move him out of the way, then they might try some sort of obscure pit stop strategy. Um, you know, probably the most action we'll have all weekend in the Russian Grand Prix because it's usually a snooze fest. But um, yeah, uh, to answer your question, yes, I think they will take it this weekend. Um, and I think even more, I think that even more so because they, they've come out of Monza effectively ahead because Verstappen got three points from the sprint. Yeah, that is a very good point. The sprint race very much helped them compound their, you know, win, uh, well, lead ahead of the uh, Mercedes. So, yeah, Louis, looking at the other Red Bull driver, just to stay on them for the minute, uh, Perez has been underperforming the last few race weekends, but managed to claim P5 by the end of Monza. Should have really been, you know, P3 if he hadn't have given, if he'd have decided to give a place back at the right time, but do you expect him to return to where that car should be on the grid, or are we going to see more of him struggling to make it into Q3 this weekend? I think, as we sort of already said, this this track is a very Mercedes track, and I think it's one that Rebel are going to struggle at, and at tracks where Rebel struggle, Perez's struggles then are kind of amplified, and he really, it just shows just how little um, pace or relative pace that Rebel has to the Mercedes. Um, so Perez is going to have to put in something special and Red Bull, if they are going to take the engine penalties with Max and sacrifice his grid position, um, they're going to need Perez as high up the grid as possible to give them any sort of fighting chance, especially in the Constructors' Championship where they are losing quite significantly. Um, now, so I think... I think for Perez, it is really time that he stepped up because this constructors battle is getting very close. It's getting very tense and it's very quickly shifting towards Mercedes um, and Red Bull need to get that back on track if they hope to get both uh, championships this season. But uh, I think for Perez, it probably won't be a good weekend. I, I can't see him doing brilliantly, but you never know. <laughs> Something could happen, but I, I haven't got my hopes up yeah i mean we are doing this on the back of monza so anything could happen this weekend and you know as tom said russia is generally a snooze fest but we usually say that about france and this season it actually gave us a very great race so who knows really but jaws let's move on to mercedes and the championship leaders at the minute uh, they are ahead of red bull which i don't remember when that happened but it happened at some point um but yeah uh historically we've said this is a mercedes track They've won, I think, every single time that they've been here, including, you know, some very uh, unusual wins when Ferraris decide to take each other out or, you know, fight over the same piece of tarmac. But what do you expect to happen this weekend for Mercedes? Because 
they were supposed to be dominant in Monza and sadly it just never really occurred until and then they just fell back but what do you think will happen this weekend I think you know this is a Mercedes track I think they're going to do really well here they've I mean looks at the history of the uh, race before before this they've won every single Russian Grand Prix even going back to 1913 so Mercedes have always won around here and it there's not really anything to suggest it'll be any different this weekend partly because of Verstappen's penalty but also because I think the Mercedes will probably suit this track really well um interestingly though one of the more interesting things for this one could be that this is a very Bottas circuit as well I mean he's only won twice compared to Hamilton's four but I think it was 2018 when Bottas was you know Valtteri James you know that that famous one so that would have been three apiece so I think I think Bottas is good round here if he's if if he can get qualifying right or even if he gets qualifying wrong, even if he starts second or third, that's not such a bad thing here because of the slipstream into turn two or three, whichever one it is, first braking zone anyway. So I'm expect I expect it to be closer between the two Mercedes drivers than it has been. If Bottas doesn't win this weekend, he's not going to win for the rest of the season. This is you know this is his best track probably for the remainder of the season. So I expect them to be up there, but will will Valtteri on on a team orders if people come over the radio? I mean, what they're going to do? Sack him? He's already leaving anyway. So that could be interesting, but I think as far as the racing goes for Mercedes, it's unless Perez can run a ridiculous strategy around here or something, keeping his tyres for longer, I, I don't see it being any, anybody other than them at the front, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, obviously tyre compounds have changed a bit since 2014 when we were here first, but Rosberg did pit at the end of lap one and then go to the end on hard tyres, um, which was clearly a mistake, but you know, you never know when it's the first um time that you're in a circuit but tom let's look at last weekend's you know absolutely dominant race winners you know one thing that i don't think enough people have been saying about that mclaren win is that they won it on pace yep. i obviously you know the red bulls and uh, the max verstappen and hamilton took each other out but they were ahead at that point anyway you know yeah. do you imagine they're going to take this momentum into russia and you know maybe even challenge ahead of them um there's certainly a possibility, and I absolutely agree with you that not enough people are giving McLaren credit for last weekend. With the greatest of respect to Esteban Ocon's victory, it's it's a better victory than that because Ocon almost luxed into the position he was in and then, yes, played the rest of the race perfectly, had Alonso doing a great job behind him, but he fundamentally somewhat luxed into that position. McLaren were there on pure pace. In quality on Friday, they were there. In the sprint race on Saturday, they kept their noses clean. They were they were there. You know, they, they were starting there anyway. It's fortunate for them that Hamilton went backwards because he could have posed a real threat. And then on Sunday, Danny Rick did hashtag Danny Rick things and um and just absolutely sent it up, up inside of a stack and really got his elbows out. That was the kind of drive we've seen from Danny Rick, not really since he left Red Bull. You know, we haven't seen him do a dive bomb like that since, well, I think the last one I really remember was back in 2018, or it might be 2017, actually. But he got there on merit. And I do think McLaren could continue this sort of momentum in, into, the, into, this, into this coming weekend at Sochi. Um there's that obviously that huge state which which has turn one which isn't really a turn in it so 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 that so that run down 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 to turn two we could see the McLaren getting a good shove especially if they get a slipstream down there. 
Yeah, and with that Mercedes power unit as well, which certainly did help in Monza, you know, that is going to make all the difference. And Louis, just staying on McLaren, obviously you're a McLaren fan and, you know, seeing those papaya two like on the top steps last weekend, you know, from just obviously what with how terrible it has been for McLaren since, you know, 20, well, even 2014 really, but, you know, the last win before this was 2012 with Jensen Button in uh, Brazil. You know, how did that feel as a McLaren fan seeing them on the top step again? It was it was genuinely amazing. Um, you know, it's taken so long, like nine years, for for me to finally see, um, you know, McLaren, you know, win, and that's like more than half of the time that I've been watching Formula One. Like, so I was so used to like when growing up watching McLaren win, you know, with with Fernando Alonso, with Lewis Hamilton, with Jensen Button. And then it just such a long period of nothing. And then it was great to see them back. And, you know, you've really seen this progression since Zach Brown took over of just this, not McLaren immediately rising to the top, but doing the correct thing every single year to just slowly bring them up. And they've got the right people on. Andreas Seidel, I think, was another great addition to McLaren. He's done wonders for that team and you know and here it is it's the payoff you know you get someone like Daniel Ricciardo in who wasn't you know at his best at Renault has been really struggling but then just to know that he had the the car underneath him and he has you know the talent that we all know that he has to to win a race like that and I was saying during the race um to other people on this podcast um that Daniel Ricciardo winning means that McLaren are something else now. We were so used to Lando being in a tier of his own and then Daniel being further back. This now brings Daniel right back in with Lando. And that fight for third in the Constructors' Championship with Ferrari could possibly be over for Ferrari now with such a a dominant uh, Daniel Ricciardo. And I really hope that going into this weekend, we don't see the same old Ricciardo again. I think he's going to take this. It's the a defining moment in his career almost and hopefully we're going to see more great things from Ricardo. we're going to see more great things from McLaren and with Max's penalties and stuff maybe that third place could could be a papaya again yeah I mean like he said he never left he was just sitting on the sidelines for a bit but George one team who won't have been you know feeling the good feels of McLaren being on the top two steps is their you know championship rivals Ferrari who are uh, 13 and a half points behind them. This half points is going to get really confusing near the end. But um, yeah, uh, what do you think, you know, they're going to do this weekend? Because, you know, I don't think they've got the car to win. I don't think they've really got the car to challenge for the podium this weekend. But, you know, are you expecting fourth or fifth? Or are you expecting, you know, eighth or ninth? I'm expecting them to do quite well, actually. I've got a feeling they'll do... I don't want them to, obviously. I'm a McLaren fan as well. I want McLaren to stay up there. 13 and a half points is a decent gap, obviously, for them to be ahead, but it's not insurmountable. It's not insurmountable, absolutely not. There's still a long way to go with this battle for third and the constructors. I think they'll do well because it's hard to pass around Sochi and Charles Leclerc, in qualifying in particular, let's not forget, he got two pole positions this season. He has been on fire in qualifying. I think they'll do well. I think... I think they'll be challenging for the podium to finish with you. But I also think McLaren will do really well. 
I think it's going to be quite close. I really do between those two. But I think Ferrari might have the edge in qualifying because McLaren don't usually qualify that well. Ferrari seem to qualify pretty well. And then in the race, maybe it'll swap round. But I, yeah, I expect them to be I expect them to be battling for, well, probably fifth, maybe something like that, fourth or fifth, maybe stretching it up to the podium. But we'll see. It's uh, I think Charles Leclerc's done quite well here in the past as well. So it should be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, he did put it on pole, I think it was, in 2019, I think. The last Probably. time Ferrari were challenging. But, yeah, you know, they, yeah, you're right. They could have a chance. But, Tom, let's look at Alpine. Uh, all the way back down in fifth with uh, quite the gap to the teams ahead. But also now getting, they're stretching their gap between themselves and Alpha Tauri. It's currently 11 points. So, you know, they'll be looking to capitalize on that and just extend that a little bit this weekend yeah um i don't really know what to say about alpine um they've sort of fallen a bit in, into that sort of curse of like they it, almost like the sort of like aston martin curse they're either going to be fifth or 15th um and with about and with sort of like nowhere in between pretty much um they could have a good weekend um I previously said they wouldn't have a very good weekend in Monza and they actually did all right in the end. So I'm just going to play it safe and say that they'll have a weekend like that in Sochi because I think there are some similar characteristics between the two circuits, apart from the final sector, obviously, which is just like turning 90 degrees several times. It's like getting lost in the car park, really. Um, but it's, but yeah, um, Alpine could do, they could do all right this weekend and, and obviously... You can never, ever, ever rise off Alonso, and and also Ocon is doing just a good job this year. Obviously, got a got a nice W under his belt. So, uh, yeah, they they could do okay. And I'm just going to sit on the fence with this one. Yeah, Ocon does need that consistency, you know, that got him that contract extension, and then he decided to just disappear for a bit afterwards. But yeah, consistency will be key for Alpine if they want to stay ahead of, you know, Alpha Tauri who. You know, with the consistency of Pierre Gasly, Louis, you know, other than uh, suffering that problem at the start of the sprint race and then basically writing off the rest of his weekend, you know, they'll be looking to bounce back this weekend with at least one of their drivers after, I think it was two did not starts, actually. Yeah, Sonoda had some issue on the grid, which meant they had to pull his car into the garage and then, yeah, Gasly, yeah, it's his... His weekend was basically totaled after the after the sprint race, um, but yeah, AlphaTauri, you know they they have that one driver in Pierre Gasly who they know can do well, and Pierre Gasly was doing well in Monza up until the point where he crashed. Um, so <laughs> you know he he can do it, and we all know that he can do it, and we all know what Gasly is capable of, and. I think a top 10 is, I think it's quite easily achievable for Gasly. I don't think it's going to be too much of a struggle. There is pace in that AlphaTauri car, as we've seen on multiple occasions throughout this season. It's just what his uh, drive, what the what the driver in the other garage can do. Um, and if whether, you know, Yuki can get out of, you know, Q1 ever. Um, but you know, for for someone like Gasly, who is just keeps pumping in all the performance, keeps completely wiping the floor with Yuki Snow, it's going to do nothing but good for his confidence. It's going to do nothing good for his for his career. 
And I think we all have really come to recognise since his Red Bull departure just how good of a driver Pierre Gasly is. He is phenomenal. And the fact that he is still at AlphaTauri next season is a bit... Um, is what's terrible for him, let's be honest. He really needs to... I think he needs to go somewhere else. But, you know, he's still... He's still young. He's not. He's not like he's getting to the sort of the the dear end of his career. He's got plenty of years left in him, and yeah, I think another strong performance in Sochi could be on the cards. Points definitely on the cards um, for AlphaTauri. They just need to be more concerned about the other driver. Yeah, you do have to feel for Pierre Gasly. You know, he was performing really well in Toro Rosso before he got you know emergency promoted to the Red Bull team, and then went to the Red Bull team and didn't really show any of that goes back to Toro Rosso and then Alpha Tauri race winner and all of that jazz but he's just he's stuck in no man's land because Red Bull have made it clear they do not want him in that senior team anymore but there's just no more space on the grid but yeah George uh Tom's already said that Aston Martin will either be fifth or 15th but what do you reckon for Aston Martin's chances this weekend because you know they want to be uh like challenging ahead, but there is still quite that sizable points gap. Yeah, it's a big gap between them and uh, AlphaTauri. So I'm just looking at it now. It's 35 points between them and AlphaTauri, and Williams are 37 points behind Aston Martin. So it's almost as big of a gap. Um, so yeah, it's quite it's quite surprising in that sense. I I don't think they're going to have a good weekend. I, one of the things they've managed to do sometimes is run the cars very long because the tyre wear. In Sochi, as we've seen, it's, it's billiard table smooth. There's not really any tyre wear. So I, I, I don't think they're going to do well, I'll be honest, despite despite extending both drivers until next year, which is good, obviously, a bit of consistency in there. I mean, we do take the mick out of Lance Stroll, and rightfully so to an extent, but he's done all right. He's done all right. And Vettel has found his feet, feet of the team. So next year could be big for them, of course, but this year they just seem to be counting the days down a bit. The cars are slowly going back. I think they'll probably stay in that seventh place unless maybe George Russell gets another podium or something for Williams. Yeah, I mean, all it would take is George Russell P1, Latifi P2. Williams would be ahead of them. Exactly. I think that's reasonable. We can't even say that it's unfeasible because George <laughs> Russell's already finished second at one point this season. So, I mean, he didn't really start second either, but, you know, Spa's in the past. Spa's in the past. <laughs> Um, but Tom, yeah, let's look at Williams. George Russell got points again last weekend. Who saw this run coming? Because I didn't. Um, I think if if coming into the Italian Grand Prix, you'd have said that Williams are the only team to get points in back-to-back races, especially after the disaster show that was Belgium. Uh, you'd have probably checked me into Broadmoor. But um, but no, it, it, it really does happen. Um you know, especially with especially with, with the podium, obviously for George. Uh yeah, I I mean, I, I think for Russell as others, well, I think I think he knew in Belgium that he had that Mercedes contract. And I think they were just waiting on the announcements. Because I said at the time, if you look at his body language, the things he was saying, he, he he exuded all the signs of someone who knows that he's got something which he's been working towards and something that he's wanted. So I think that's given him almost a peace of mind. Plus, Williams is not the worst car on the grid anymore. I'd go as far as to say it's better than the Alfa Romeo um, now as well. I mean, we all know the Haas is the worst car 
you know, they'd pr- probably be better off driving one of the lorries they bring over or the bits and bobs with them. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, Rus- Russell has done really well. Um, I don't, again, don't know if he'll get points this weekend. Might need one or two things to, to swing his way because the Williams does obviously have some fundamental aero issues. But we, you know, we, we said that like before Belgium, we said that before Monza, and he finished in the points in, in both of those races. And Belgium was completely on merit. You know, he put that car P2, less about the race, the better. But he is a fast driver. And I think because he knows he's got a multi-year deal with Mercedes, it, you know, he, he's able to sort of almost relax in the car a bit now and, and his natural ability is coming through even more. Yeah. I mean, what race in Belgium? I don't remember watching a race in Belgium. I spent I spent longer sitting at the traffic lights waiting to turn right to go to Tesco. Oh, man. <clears throat> Louis, uh, sticking on Williams just a sec. Um, Tom's obviously mentioned their car is sort of lacking in downforce and that final sector you know, is going to be particularly problematic for the Williams this weekend. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's it's tight, it's twisty, it's got, well, a little bit of elevation change, it's a bit off camber, so it can be, you know, quite tricky. Um, yeah, but, you know, George Russell, he's the master of qualifying, he can, he can do wonders with that car, regardless of, of, <laughs> of how that Williams is performing. Um, you know, I think Saturday is, is really where Williams are going to shine. I can't really see them doing much in the race. Um, I think it's going to be a kind of bit of a slap back to reality for um, for Williams and George Russell. You know, if they do get points, I think that is probably tops spa, <laughs> if anything, because like this is a track I really, I really don't think they'll do very well at. And then those long straights, especially going all the way down to turn two, I think. There's probably cars with a bit better error efficiency in a straight than a Williams that could probably probably do a lot better. But you know they've shocked us all season. You know I don't think any of us were really expecting you know Williams to score any points really this season. Um, but you know they're they're doing absolutely fantastic, um, and you can't take that away from them. But uh, you know I think just race pace I think is going to be the thing that's going to going to be lacking and as you said that third sector especially then following cars through that as well it's going to be even more tricky um on the downfall so yeah it's it could be something that could really hinder sort of williams's sort of point scoring run that they're on right now yeah i mean when you consider that all of their points have come from the last four or five races you know they were previously on zero (laughs) it is a shock to see them with points but yeah as you say They'll either pull off a miracle or it'll be a slap back to reality. And hope there goes gravity. And George, let's look at Alfa Romeo for this weekend. Um, Giovinazzi was actually doing really well in Monza until he decided to face sideways for a bit after um, the, is it Della Roggia chicane? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Um, but, you know, Kimi Raikkonen's obviously been MIA with COVID for the last two race weekends, but... No Robert Kubit, no Robert Kubica this weekend, so it looks like he's coming back. Um, what do you imagine they'll do this weekend? Do you think they've got any chance of you know claiming back P eight, or do you think they are resigned to P nine for now? I think they're resigned to P nine. I can't, I can't see the guys behind them getting any points. Obviously, Hassard 
just dismal as we've covered so much on this show. Uh, and it's it's a 19 point gap to Alpha, uh, sorry, to Williams ahead of Alpha. And they've scored three all season and they've been three tenth places. They need to get a good points on me like they did in Brazil a couple of years ago to even get close to that. And you just can't see it. Um, yeah, I mean, Kimmy, you know, he'll be back this weekend. That's going to be good for the team. Kubica, I think he did a standout job as a as a stand in for Raikkonen while he had coronavirus. I think he did brilliantly, but there's only so much you can do with that car. Um, Gio, you know, he's he's doing absolutely bits in qualifying. He's doing fantastically. You know, he's becoming Italian Jesus is becoming the new Mister Saturday. But unfortunately, on Sunday, it's just going. It's just going. Uh, I was going to say something rude there. It's just got all going wrong for him. Um, it's not it's not what he wants, and they just end up near the bottom of the running order by the end of it. If Gio can if Gio can get up there and qualify, he can get into Q three again, which I don't see. But if he, even if he does, he has to keep the car going for the whole race. And a bit like Sonoda at Alpha Tauri, he just he just finds that difficult to do. He's probably overdriving the car because he's trying to make up for how how bad it is. You know, it's aerodynamically it's not there. The chassis isn't there. The engine's definitely not there. So. I can only see them staying in ninth, but they're not going up. If anything, they may go down if Mick Schumacher pulls off a miracle for Haas or something, but I don't see that either, to be honest. Yeah, you're talking silly there, George. That Haas is not exactly. points. I mean, nope. now now they currently have a driver in 21st out of a 22-car championship, so you know that just shows you how they've been performing. It's where he deserves to be, to be fair. It really is, but yeah, that, that just highlights how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Tom, talking about, you know, the portable Russian flag, it's the home uh, Grand Prix for one of their drivers this weekend. But, you know, as much as we say that the home track gives them an advantage, I don't think it's going to give them anything this weekend because, as we've said, that car's atrocious. Rubes, I think you need to have a little face. Um, it's home race for for, for, for Massapin with his definitely American and not Russian flag car. He's he's going to do it. He's going to qualify 19th, not 20th. He's going to do it. I've got faith. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, yeah. I mean, much like every race weekend we've had this year, I think the only one you can take exception from that is Hungary when Schumacher was getting his elbows out and showing a good good bit of fight. Um, I don't think it's going to be much to phone home about for Haas this weekend. I would imagine they'll probably get laps twice. Maybe whoever the further back has is, has been, gets lapped three times. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, there's not an awful lot to add. Is there, like George said, they've been abysmal all year, um, and they're not getting any better. They're not developing the car for this year, which I completely understand. They focus all their resources into next year, which, given they've had two rookie drivers in, is probably a good idea. Um, especially when they pay the repair bills after those two keep pranging it into the wall. Um, but yeah, um, it's gonna be it's gonna probably gonna be quite a lonely race for them. Um, the only thing that I hope that we don't see is when <laughs> we've talked about it before. Massapin is de- well has developed a rather nasty habit of trying to put his teammate into the wall, usually specifically down the pit straight, um, and especially with that sort of kink going into turn one. I really hope he doesn't do something stupid this weekend, but. I don't, I mean, I'm not going to hold my breath about it. 
I mean, they did come together in Monza as well and spun and he spun around Mick Schumacher, which, you know, the team won't be happy about. But nope. just to comment on you saying they're not developing this car any further, they didn't develop this car at all. They designed it in MS Paint was from last good, year. So, yeah. No, uh, yeah, no, I think they did the aerodynamics on the next sketch. So <laughs> um, that explains why it's so square. But yeah, let's uh, let's look at some predictions for this weekend. So obviously we want a race winner. So, Louis, who are you expecting to be on that top step this Sunday? Nikita Mazepin. Um, uh... <laughs> Maybe if uh, Putin decides to assassinate every single one of the other drivers, but, you know, I wouldn't put that past him, actually. Don't give him ideas. I mean, is Mazepin even allowed to call this his home race, considering he has to race under a... I genuinely don't think he is now. He's missed the worldwide in F1 2021. I've noticed that. He's got the worldwide flag on there. <laughs> Rest of world in FIFA. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think, I think it's going to be... Personally, I actually think it's going to be Valtteri Bottas. I think going back to what George said earlier, you know, this is actually quite a Bottas track. And if Max is nowhere to be seen, there's no real need for team orders for, you know, to let Lewis pass for the championship or whatever. They may want to, you know, maximise his points, but Lewis can just get a fastest lap. They don't need to, you know, bother Valtteri at the, at the top. You know, he, you know, I think Bottas, he put so much service into the team. The one thing they can do is probably let him win the odd Russian Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, I mean, historically, he has had a chance of it, but... George, your race winner for this weekend, please. Oh, I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Sir Lewis Hamilton. I think whether it's via team orders or whether it's by genuine praise, because he has been faster than Bottas there in the past. He probably won would have won there last year if he didn't do his uh, legal pit lane start. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll go with Hamilton. Tom. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Hamilton as well. Um, as much as I'd like to see um, uh, Bottas get a win this season, and Russia is probably his best option, realistically, Mercedes are going to absolutely protect Hamilton in in the championship fight. Which I, which I, if you know, if if I was Total Wolf, not that I would ever be, um, I would do if I was in that position because it, it is the, it's the sort of most logical thing. Um, if if Hamilton qualifies ahead of Bottas. He, provided nothing goes wrong, he will set off into the sunset. He'll have mentally checked out by about lap seven, and he'll just be driving around, telling Bono his tyres are dead. Um, if if Bottas qualifies ahead, I'd imagine they'll either swap them in the pits, they'll do a different different strategy, or if there is a threat from a car behind, you know, possibly you will quite possibly a McLaren, or I'd like to see Perez, and you know, I wouldn't put it past Pierre Gasly. To be sort of like knocking on the, knocking on the door, you know, if they get strategy right, or you know, if something happens. Um, but but the point is, if someone is like behind them, sort of like pressuring them, then I think we'll hear Valtteri's James move over, um, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think I'm also going to go for Hamilton on the basis of 26 points is better for the championship than 19. So. Yeah, Lewis on the top step for me. But Louis, the rest of your top, the rest of your podium, please. Um, well, I'll put Bottas first, the only person, you know, to have faith in Mercedes that they'll do the right thing. Um, no, but it'll be uh, for me, yeah, Hamilton second. I think that's pretty much a given this weekend. 
And then in third place, I'm going to go another podium for the Holly Badger, Daniel Ricciardo. George, the rest of yours, please. Obviously, Hamilton first. I'll say that Stappen, because he did a storming drive through the fields. I can't remember, it was 2017, off the top of my head, something like that. He's not bad round here, but obviously he's going to start a bit further down the grid. So I'll go for Stappen for second and Bottas for third. Fair enough. Tom? I'm going to say Hamilton, Bottas, one, two. Third, I'm going to say... Uh, Norris. Yeah, um, that's my podium prediction as well, actually. <laughs> uh, you stole my thunder. All right, let's get some I'm bold sorry. prediction. Let's get some bold predictions in. So, Louis, your bold prediction, please. See, all of them are ruined now. Like, we used to have Russell for points. He gets points three times in a row. I said Latifi for points. You know, he wasn't even that far off in Monza. He was... Come on, Louis. It's Mazapin time. Mazapin for points. Mazapin for points. It has to happen. I'm going to say Mick Schumacher Q3. That's... I mean, if it happens, well done, but that's bold. If it happens, I'll buy you a beer. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I'll be taking Send him a coffee link. (laughs) George, uh, your bold prediction, please. Even though I've not put him on the podium... I'm going to go very bold with this one. I've got a sneaking suspicion will do very well, particularly in qualifying Ferrari. I'm going to say Charles Leclerc for pole position. Charles Leclerc for pole position. He's done it before. You did suggest it not when you bloody, were talking about Ferrari earlier. Mm. Yeah, but not in bloody Russia. <laughs> you never before. know. You never know. We're fairly certain. Tom, your bold prediction, please. Uh, well, I'm not going to say Charlie Claire on pole. Um, there's bold predictions, and then I think there's wishful thinking. Um, I don't want it to happen. I don't want Ferrari <laughs> to do well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I am going to say... I think this can qualify as a bold prediction now, given how atrocious he's been qualifying. Tsunoda out of Q1. Sorry, sorry Tsunoda gets into Q2. Yeah, when you said uh, ball prediction, Sonoda gets out in Q1. I was like, yeah, so no, I, that, that's that's just standard procedure. Just, yeah, so I, I I didn't phrase it very well. I meant he gets out of Q1, so it's easy, easy to say gets into Q2. Yeah, I'm gonna say we've had a lot of safety cars lately. No safety cars this weekend. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. It might just end up being a bit of a procession, sadly. But you know, I'll take no safety cars. And a procession, just because we've had a lot of them lately. Do we have so, safety car in Spa? I can't remember. I mean, we didn't have a race in Spa. <laughs> we had several safety cars in Spa, actually. But yeah, uh, now is a time to give an opportunity for everyone to promote the platform that they're, you know, self-interested in. So, George, you're from Sportlight. Give us a bit about Sportlight Pro, please. Yeah, so I run SpotlightPro.com. That's my website. We uh, we cover Formula One, we cover football, we cover other sports as well, like cricket, uh, we chipping with other things like that as well. So yeah, go check us out if you want to check out some some hot takes from uh, people like Louis, people like Ruby. They've both written articles for the site. Lots of other panelists as well on this show have written too. And we're currently doing a bit of a redesign, so the site will look a bit more a bit more flash, a bit more a bit faster as well soon. So I'll keep you guys posted about that. Yeah, definitely go and check out sportlightpro.com. Tom, you're from the Everything F1 podcast. Give us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so I'm from Everything F1, and we talk about all things F1, as the name would suggest, but also all things motorsport in general. Um, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram handle is at JoinEF1. We also have the Everything F1 podcast, which goes out weekly. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, Everything F1. We have a Discord server, um, which is not something people mention as much. Uh, Discord seems to get forgotten a bit, which is the which is also Everything F1. And last but by no means least, we have our Facebook group, which is the Everything F1 Paddock. Oh, and also the website, everythingf1.com. Nice. Definitely go and check that out. And Louis, you're a man with fingers in many pies, but go and give us, you know, the view from the crowd and Spotlight Pro. Uh, yeah, I well, I write for George doing um, F1 and also some some football. And then I have my own website, which is viewfromthecrowd.com, where I write about any sports that I, I particularly like. Um, so anything from football, NFL and stuff like that. Yeah. And if anyone fancies checking me out any further online, I've got my own YouTube channel, just Ruby Price. Vlogs, reviews, stuff like that. You might like it. If you do, let me know. Cool. Uh, So Grid Talk is now available on Amazon as well as YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal, OmniStudio and Pocket Casts. Just search F1 Grid Talk. We have a huge back catalogue of shows with previews and reactions to qualifying and race results. We have a Reddit, just search for the subreddit F1 Grid Talk. And we also have a Patreon for mics, lights and better recording equipment. You can get your hands on some official Grid Talk merchandise on gridtalk.shop. And don't forget, we do have some prize giveaways at the minute going on. So as just a reminder of those, anyone who's already left a review and leaves a review today will go into a draw. I think it's two draws actually to win a shirt, as well as the people who comment on the YouTube video. And anyone who's uh, clicked subscribe to this YouTube channel will indeed go into a draw to win a mug. And, you know, there's lots of other things on the store. So go and have a look at that and get yourself some fancy Grid Talk merch. I definitely want some myself. Also, make sure you subscribe to be the first to know when each new weekly episode is released. We'll be back on Saturday to review the qualifying results from the Russian Grand Prix. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, everyone, for joining me. No worries. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah, and uh, stick around on YouTube if you are indeed watching that. And uh, thank you very much and goodbye.